Well, we started a series last week. Um, let's, uh, a new series we called uh, Hearing from Him. Let's turn, really, uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time here, but let's look at John 2, verse uh, 1, real quick. John 2, verse 1. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water, pot, water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, they did not know where it had come from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to them, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then in fear, you have kept the good wine until now. This, this uh, beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. And we'll probably come back to this you know, in future times, but uh, we went over this some last week. But what I want you to see in verse 5, so you, you guys know this story. Um, this is the first miracle Jesus did in his ministry. And uh, so he comes, he's at this wedding, they run out of wine. Um, and then he turns water into wine. But notice verse 5, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. And the servants did it. And there was a miracle. The water, they just filled these water pots up with wine. And the, the water was, or they, they filled the water pots up with water and it was turned into wine and it was good wine. The master of the feast commented how good it was and how people usually don't set out the good wine at the end. But verse 5, he said, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. And if we can know what God is telling us to do in any situation, that is going to work in life. Just that, that, that phrase there, if we can just get that down and realize that whatever God is telling us to do, if we can, if we can learn to receive from Him and know what He's saying, we have it made. Because that's God's plan, that's God's voice. In any situation, how many of you know God knows what to do? He's not guessing. He's not trying a theory. He's not running a test. He knows precisely what needs to happen, right? So if we can hear from him and know what he's saying to do, then we're walking in the perfect will of God, and that will work, just like here. It wasn't necessarily anybody, if you would have gone and taken a poll, uh, we're out of wine, what should we do now? D what Jesus did is probably not going to be the top answer. You know, you ever seen that? Of course you have, probably. The, the show Family Feud. 
You know, they, they, they survey 100 people. Uh, they ask some question, they, they survey 100 people, and then they tally the answers. And so then they have people on the game show that uh, they ask the question to, and so they have to guess their answer, and then they see how it came up on the board if, it, if people in the survey actually said it. You know, like 45 of the people said this answer, and 20 said this answer, and so on and so forth. You want to see if your answer is up there. I bet you if they surveyed all the people at the wedding feast, uh, go fill water pots up with water, and they'll, ma they'll, I should not say magically, but they'll just turn into wine, would not be the top answer if you ask them the question, we're out of wine, what should we do? Would it? But God knew Jesus walking this earth as a man, as God knew what to do. And so we need to understand in any situation what he's telling us to do, we can have miracles, we can have divine guidance, we can have wisdom, we can see relationships turn around, we can see uh, finances turn around, we can see bodies turn around, whatever needs to be done, God has the answer. And so that's what we're getting into. Let's look uh, briefly, we'll look at some of these scriptures that we looked at last week just, uh, just uh, as a uh, review, and then we're going to get into some things specifically tonight. John 10.27 says, this is Jesus speaking, He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Well, and everybody say in here, you're his sheep. If we're his sheep, Jesus said about us that we hear his voice. And he said, I know them. So God, Jesus is saying here, I know you. I know my sheep. And they follow me. So Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. You know, somebody may say, well, I, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. Well, that's why we're on this topic. And we can all come up. We can all increase and grow in this area. But he said that we hear his voice and he said he knows us, and he said we follow him. Well, if we're following the good shepherd, if we're following the master, we're going to be led to a good place. And that's, we want to understand more and more how to do that. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In the New Living Translation, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So if you're a child of God, we just read, Jesus said, My sheep which are his children, they're part of the family of God. My sheep hear my voice. Here it says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So God's children can hear his voice. God's children are led by his Spirit. Uh, in the Common English Bible, verse 14 says, all who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. So we can be led by Him. We can hear His voice. His Spirit is leading and guiding us. We can follow Him. Everybody said, I can follow God. Everybody said, I can hear the voice of the Spirit. I can hear Him. And we can. The Word says we can. 
See, God will speak to us in a way that we can understand. God speaks all languages. Think about it. He doesn't just speak English. doesn't just speak Spanish. Every person can hear the voice of God in a way that they understand. God speaks all dialects. He speaks slang. He speaks any type of uh, language there is on the earth. He knows how to communicate with us. Let's turn over to 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. Oh, God is good. He is faithful. He is a good, good Father. Do you realize that God wants us to be in the right place at the right time more than we want to? Do you understand He is not withholding from us? It is not something that's just for an elite few to be uh, led by Him and to hear His voice. We read His children are led by the Spirit. We read his sheep hear him. It didn't say the elite few sheep. It said his sheep. We all can be led by him. Let's read 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. It says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the Amplified Bible, it says every Scripture is God-breathed given by His inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness and holy living, in conformity to God's will and thought, purpose and action, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the Passion Translation, it says, Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Let's go back and look at that version again, verse 16. Now, this is talking about Scripture. This is talking about the Bible. Notice what it says. Every Scripture has been written by who? By the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, 
Notice this, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. So what I want to spend some time on tonight, we're talking about hearing from God, hearing from Him, hearing His voice. When we read the Word of God, when we read the Bible, it is God speaking to us. And I want to spend some time on that. There, we're going to get into, uh, there, God can lead you in a number of ways. He can lead you, like I said, by bearing witness with your spirit. And there's, there's uh, different elements of being led by Him. But sometimes people skip right over this. When they hear hearing from God, they're thinking, okay, I got to hear something. I got to, some people think, I got to see a vision. There's nothing wrong with visions. Visions are biblical. But... Visions aren't the normal way God leads His children. He does lead His children by visions and dreams. It can lead you by an angel, but they're not the most common way. People think, well, you know, I just got to understand what God's will is in this situation. Well, sometimes people skip right over hearing and looking at the Word, and they go right to, I got to get some specific revelation on this topic, and the Bible is sitting on the shelf. And we're, we're going to look at some scriptures. What we need to understand is that when we read the Bible, it is God speaking to us. If you say, I just need to hear from God, open your Bible to any page, and it is God speaking to you. Period. Because who wrote the Bible? God inspired the Bible, he inspired people to, read the to write the Bible, but it is him that breathed the life and the instruction. Let's look at, uh, we'll put this up on the screen, you don't have to turn there. 2 Peter 1, verse 19. It says, So that we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the, dawn, or the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture... See, prophecy is inspired utterance. And it's talking specifically about Scripture. It says that no prophecy of Scripture is of any in private interpretation. Verse 21, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the prophet, prophecy of Scripture, the inspired utterance of Scripture, came as the Spirit of God moved on men, and they wrote what He was inspiring. In the Amplified Bible, those same verses, or we'll, we'll read 20 and 21, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, it says, Yet first you must understand this, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of any personal or private special interpretation, loosening or solving. What it's saying there is, uh, there is just not a specific, uh, unique uh, interpretation for each individual. You know, people say, well, uh, I don't interpret that Scripture this way. I interpret it that way, and there's arguments. There, there, there's not, now there's multiple applications of Scripture, but there's not many different ways to interpret, and you just get to pick whichever one. What this is saying, there's no personal or private or special interpretation. God's saying what He's saying, and it's truth, 
and there is, like I said, there may be multiple applications and multiple ways a scripture can be applied, but it does not have multiple meanings. And you don't get to pick and say, well, I, for me personally, this means this. So some people will say that. Well, I like to look at it this way. Doesn't matter how we like to look at it. What is it saying? What does the word say? That's what we need to know. It doesn't do you any good to find somebody saying something about a scripture or a commentary or even a paraphrase that says what you want to hear if it's not actually what God is saying. What's the point of that? You could go get any book off the shelf and find what you want to hear, but if it's not what God said, you're just listening to a man. But if it's God, then you can bank on it and it is God speaking to you. Because He inspired it. And the Spirit of God is there to quicken it to you. Verse 21 says, No prophecy ever originated because some man willed it to do so. It never came by human impulse. In other words, the, the, the Bible is not man-made. It came through men, but the source is not man. The source is God Almighty. It says, but men spoke from God who were born along, moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit. They yielded to him. He didn't take them and make them do anything. They yielded to him, which is the way all prophecy is. That's the way the gifts of the Spirit operate. That's the way preaching, which is a form of prophecy. It's inspired utterance. Any inspired utterance is, uh, is yielding to the Spirit of God and letting him speak. But... We need to understand that the Word of God, uh, when we read the Word of God and are instructed by the Word of God, that is the superior form of being led by God. The Word is first, and God will never lead you, ever lead you. The Spirit of God will never, ever lead you in a way that violates Scripture. If you ever believe God is leading you to do something, if you can think of a scripture that contradicts what you believe God is leading you to do, it's not God. Period. And some people will think, well, God's leading me to do this. And you can tell them, well, no, there's scripture and this scripture and this scripture contradicts what you're saying. Well, I don't care. God's leading me. It's not God. Did you hear me? Period. It's that simple. God will not contradict himself. The word is sure. It was given. The Spirit of God will come along and instruct you in the Word. See, people will get into prayer. Prayer's good. But you don't pray at the expense of the Word. I'm going to really get in and pray until I get an answer from God. And if you do that for hours in, day, uh, in a day and leave your Bible sitting on the shelf, you're missing it. Did you hear me? If you want to hear from God, you need to be in the Word first and be led by the Spirit second. The Word is already in black and white. The Word has already been written down. The Word is sure. You, you need to, in anything you get by the Spirit, has got to be validated by the Word of God. Y'all there? Always put the Word first. If you're not sure... If something is God or not, sit on it and read the Word. And the Word will help ferret out whether it's, it's God or not. Hebrews 4.12 says this. Hebrews 4.12. You don't have to turn there. We'll put it up. 
It says, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It says it's piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Do you understand? There are times when you can ask yourself, is that my head or my heart? Am I, am I hearing from God or not? The word of God will cut through and help you to see. That's your heart. That's your head. We are three parts. We are a spirit. We have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And we live in a body. And so our, our emotions can get involved in a decision. Our, our uh, thinking can get involved in a decision. And, you, and uh, part of being led by the Spirit is discerning between what is your emotions, what is your soul, and what is your heart, what is your spirit man. And the Word of God will cut through the, the noise and allow you to discern. Stay close to the Word. But the Word, you can receive instruction and direction and guidance from the Bible, opening it up, looking to the Word, spending time, just you, you cracking open the Bible and starting to read. The Spirit of God who inspired that Word is going to come right alongside and start quickening it to you. He's going to illuminate it to your heart, quicken your spirit, you're going to illuminate your mind, and you can get revelation just reading your Bible. Time after time. God will quicken that spirit of God. If you, you know, I, I encourage you to do this. When you go to read the Bible, before you do, don't just flip it open and just start reading like, you know, at, at a ritual. Ask God. You don't have to make this a big, long thing, but ask Him. Say, Lord, Show me, quicken me, and enlighten me through your word. Help me to see what you're saying. And he will. And as you get to know that, it's not a voice, I'm not saying it's an external voice, but his voice, in the sense Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, well, you got to discern that inward witness, that bearing witness, that impression, He'll speak on the inside. And as you get to know that, that leading, as you're reading the Bible, you're getting to know how to follow Him in things that aren't directly in the Bible. What do I mean by that? He doesn't tell you who to marry in the Bible. He doesn't tell you what job to take in the Bible. He doesn't say, Jim Preston, you're to marry you know, Shelley Stewart. Shelley's maiden name. Doesn't say that. How, how would I determine? I have to be led by his word. Now, what I do know is, if I think I'm supposed to marry somebody that's already married to somebody else, and I think that's God, I'm wrong. How would I know that? Because we already have scripture that says that's wrong. Right? So I know that's not true. I know, you know, you understand I'm not making fun of people, and I'm not talking about anything specific. I'm talking about accounts, you know, Brother Hagen would talk about people. And I've heard from multiple ministers. I haven't had any personal experience with this, but just generally. People would talk about somebody coming up 
and saying they are claiming somebody else's spouse. And they think it's God. No, I've already claimed her and she's married to somebody else. Well, you're wrong. Well, no, but it's God. God told me I'm going to have her as my wife. It wasn't God. Absolute certain it was not God. God will not contradict his word. And you laugh at that, but that's, people have done that. Now just bring, rein it in. That may seem comical, but rein it in to where people will think, say things that aren't quite as obvious, but if you know the word, you know that's wrong because it violates Scripture. But if you don't know Scripture, you might think, well, that sounds okay. And they, they can, sometimes people will think, well, I, it, was super, it was spectacular how I found out about it. And so that must be God. Are you kidding me? There, there's more than just uh, God and angels and the Spirit of God in the spiritual realm. There are evil spirits. There is Satan. He can mimic things. He's supernatural too. And if people are looking to be led by that, he can, he can accommodate them. That's why you don't want to seek visions. You don't want to seek voices. Don't look for that stuff. People have gotten off because they, they insist that they want some of these ways to try to be led by God. We don't dictate to God how he's going to lead us. And if you're seeking it, trying to know, I want to be led by a vision, Satan can accommodate you because you're opening yourself up to him. You're trying to get God to do something. God doesn't work that way. And all that time, people can leave their Bible on the stand and they're not looking at their Bible. If they would look at their Bible... God would be bearing witness with them inside, and they would see that some of these things were wrong. But the Word is first place. The Word is how we grow. I'm going to put, go ahead and put this up quick. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. It says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word. Talking to Timothy, a young pastor, he said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. He's telling them, preach the word, because it's not opinion. It's not somebody's philosophy that's going to change people, that's going to be powerful. It's the word. Because God's right, His truth is right, and we can understand and get direction from Him. We can get direction from His Word. His Word can quicken. You, you can be wondering about a certain situation, you open your Bible and start reading, and the answer just pops off the page to you. The Spirit of God quickens it to you. Weren't looking for it? And the Spirit of God, through, through you spending time, see, when we put ourselves in front of the Word of God, we are yielding to Him and giving Him access to help us and to lead us. That's why it's so important to read our Bible. If you're not reading your Bible, read your Bible. Start with five minutes. Start with three minutes. Read a, read a proverb. Read a psalm. Just start and start getting familiar with that leading. We're going to look at uh, <clears throat> we're going to look at Psalm one nineteen here in a minute. Go ahead and turn over to Psalm one nineteen. There's a lot. See, the Psalm one nineteen is really a 
so much about the Word and how the Word uh, is there for us to be led by and that will, will guide us and help us. But while we're going there, can you put up, uh, can you put 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 up again? Just put it up in the New King James. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. And then we'll go over to Psalm 119. Can you go down to 16? It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? It's profitable. For doctrine, that's teaching. It's, pro it's, it's uh, profitable for reproof. To rebuke somebody. Correction. Instruction. In righteousness. So it all scripture is profitable for these things. You can be, you can understand what you're supposed to do. Is that being led? If you understand what God's mind and heart is on a subject by his word, are you being led by him? Yes, you are being led. If you know what God's counsel is in a certain area, you're being led by him. You are being guided into his plan for your life. Not everything He is going to direct you and guide you in is specific to your life. If you would pick up Proverbs, Proverbs is chock full of wisdom in dealing with affairs of life. Business, relationships, how to handle money, how to handle different types of personalities talks about your body. It is chock full of wisdom. And there are 31 Proverbs. That means you just read one a day. I mean, it's set up just perfectly for you to read one a day, and I encourage you to do so. You will see wisdom in how to deal with situations that you deal with every day. You will see the wisdom of God in those situations. Be led. You may, I don't know how to deal with this. And the, you, you, you read a proverb, and of course all scripture is like this, but I, just talking about some natural situations you face, right there it tells you what to do. You know? Don't be surety, don't, don't be the collateral for somebody else to get a loan. The Bible just tells you flat out, you know, there's, now I'm not saying there's not situations that, that you would do that, that you knew somebody, but especially it says for somebody you don't really know, you're a fool if you do it. The Bible just says, it. you say, well, should I do, or, do this or not? I'm going to pray about it. And the Bible's screaming, don't do it. Because you don't know them. And you'll lose your back. You'll, you'll lose your, your, um, your substance. And there's things like this over and over. I mean, over and over. You don't have to... Uh, you know, it talks, if you go look at Proverbs, I think definitely five, six, I think it goes into seven, uh, over and over, it tells men, you stay away, far away from any woman that would tempt you to do anything outside of marriage. I mean, it tells the young man, you don't even touch it. You don't need to pray about it. You just, you, I mean, it's so black and white. It says it over and over to where you're like, man, okay, get the point. You know, and then it says, many people have fallen, and it says they were strong men. What is this a warning? Don't be a fool and think you're smarter than all these other people that have fallen. You think our culture could use some of that? My gosh, it's rampant. 
And people, it's just black and white in Scripture. You don't go near. Don't, don't think you're smart. Well, I can handle it. You can't handle it. You can't, you can't mess with it. You can't handle these things. People, you know, it's rampant in our society uh, through, through all kinds of avenues, but people think, well, I can handle, you know, I'm dating somebody, I can handle being around them alone and whatever, you know. You're a fool. It tells you over and over, don't do it. Well, praise God, that's all good. I'm not going to take anything back. <laughs> Point is, the Word of God, there are certain things that people are praying about and people are wondering what they should do and they're violating Scripture and it's black and white. And if we would just say, wait, that's God's Word. Wait a minute. I don't have to pray about this. I'm, wait, okay, undo. Get out of that. Psalm 119, verse 9. So Psalm 119 is a very long psalm. I saw this picture once. Uh, there's this family that after, right before uh, dessert, they would always sit down and they'd read a psalm. And this evening they had ice cream, and, they, and the psalm that was up was Psalm 119. And all the ice cream was melted, and the kids are like, like this, because if you, it's like four pages in my Bible for a psalm. It's really long. But it's got tons just on the Word and um, <clears throat> how important the Word is. We're just going to read some of these verses. Psalm 119, verse 9. <clears throat> how can a young man cleanse his way? By Some people say, well, I just don't understand. This person's so troubled. I just don't understand. They're just such a hard case. Do you understand? I'm not mocking anybody. I'm not making fun. But the world calls things, and Christians in certain areas, oh, they call certain situations so complicated. And really, if people would just look at the Bible and do what it says, the problem will be solved in a few minutes. But people want to make their problem too hard. Well, this is a really hard case. This is way too complicated. How can a young man cleanse his way? How can you get a young man on track? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not, might not sin against you. How can you get on track? Start looking at the word. What are you doing when you're looking at the word? You're letting God lead you. You're giving him the ability to speak to your heart. You are saying, Lord, I am humbling myself before you. I am, I am humbling myself and putting myself before you. Lord, speak to me. That's a position where you can hear. You know, it's not, well, okay, I got to get through this chapter. Okay, I'm done. That's not the point. You're wasting your time. You'd be better off looking at one scripture with an open heart than five chapters trying to just get through it to check off some list. And good night. If God starts speaking to you on, on scripture one, don't blow by it because you're trying to get through your however much you're supposed to read that day, quote unquote. If he's talking to you, don't interrupt him. If he, if he interrupts you and starts speaking to your heart on, on verse three of what you're supposed to read, just stay there till he's done. Wouldn't it be silly to have the king of the universe talking to you about something and you're like, no, no, I, 
I'm, I'm too busy now. I've got to read more of, of the Bible. But we do that. We're like, no, I've got to get my reading for the day done. Why are we reading it? So I can hear from you, but you're speaking to me now. Well, I should shut up and listen then. We've all done it. Psalm 119, verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Psalm 119, 23, Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Your testimonies are my counselors. Your word is my counselor. Well, I don't know what to do. God's word can direct us and guide us. Psalm 119, 59. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I thought about it and said, wait a minute. I saw what the word of God says and I switched direction to line up. Is that being led? Is that being led by God? Is that hearing from Him? It is. Psalm 119.66 says, Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Let me ask you a question. If you have good judgment and knowledge, are you being led? What do you do in this situation? What is it? Somebody says, well, we do this. What are they? They know what way to go. They're leading. Well, God, He can teach us good judgment and knowledge. He can help us to know what do I do in this situation? Well, the Word of God says here and here we're supposed to do this. Well, I guess that's what we should do then. Let's go. You just were led. You heard from Him. Like the original scripture we heard, if you can hear from Jesus in any situation, the Spirit of God, and He's the one that inspired the Word, you can know what to do and it will work. You don't have to hear a voice from heaven every time. If the Word of God has already has your answer, you're done. For I believe, it says, teach me good judgment, knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Psalm 119.89 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That means it's not changing. That means there's nobody is going to come up with a better idea. Nobody is going to come up with some counsel that would prove God's word wrong. It is settled. Psalm 119.97, we're going to read this whole little section in here. It says, oh, how I love your law. Now, when you see that, look, they had the law. I mean, the first five books of, of the book uh, of the, the, the Jewish Bible called the Pentateuch. They, they had these certain words and then they added to it. But when you read the law, that's not just talking about those books because you could, in the New Testament and in the, in the, the age that we live in, when you see that, you could read the Word of God. Oh, how I love your word. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. Now, notice all these things it's saying here. How I love your word. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. So through your word, I become wise. Is that being led? I know what to do. I'm wiser than people that are against me. Well, I just don't know. This person's getting in my face. They're on me. Well, the Word of God can make you one step ahead. The Word of God can tell you what to do. Natural counsel could say, well, you never do this in this situation. If the Word says you do, follow the Word. doesn't matter that the culture has shifted and the culture is doing something else. You stick with the Word and you're going to come out on top. 
It says, your, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Verse 99, I have more understanding than my, all my teachers. Now, yet in context when you're reading this, of course, people that are hearing the word too, they can be further and understand. But what it's saying is if there are people that aren't listening to the word, that have so-called more education, if it's not based on the word, you listening to the word will make you wiser. Because why? Your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I understand more than people that have been in the past that were considered wise. Why? Because if I am based on your word, you supersede all that. Doesn't matter. I mean, I'm amazed at what people call classics in our culture and everything. And you read it, it's a bunch of junk. I don't care if, if it, it's revered all over the world. If it was wrong a thousand years ago, it's still wrong. And if it, if, it, if it contradicts the word, it's junk. And there's a lot of this stuff that people read and they, they have people, kids read in classrooms. It's garbage. Sorry, it's just garbage. Judging by the word of God, it's, it's completely nonsense. It might be pretty, but it is full of death and destruction. And we need to be wise enough to cut through that and to realize this is foolish. I don't care if it's said pretty, if it's written pretty. Verse uh, 101, I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. Is that being led? This is a way that won't, won't help me, but the word of God says to go this way, and I am led right out of a trap, right into the life he has for me. 102, I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to the mouth, to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. How are you going to identify the false way? You've heard his precepts and you have understanding on what is the true way. That's being led. Didn't have to hear a voice of God. Didn't have to even be led on the inside. His his. Spirit is going to bear witness with you that this word is right. Verse 105, next verse says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's telling, it's showing me the way. Is that being led? What does it say is the lamp? His word. Shows me how to go. Shows me the direction to take. One, verse 130, Psalm 119, 130 says, the entrance of your words gives light. Ever been in a, in a situation where you felt it was dark, confusing, didn't know way to, which way to go? The Bible says the entrance of His words will give light. It will shine through, cut through that darkness, and all of a sudden, wait, I know which way to go. It gives understanding to the simple. That means you don't have to be a genius to walk in truth and light. All you have to do is do what God said. And we can walk in the right way. And finally, one, verse 160 says, The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Amen? We'll just read this other verse in closing. You can just put it up on the screen. Put up um, Joshua 1.8. It says, this book of the law, you can read the word, the Bible, shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you shall make your way prosperous. Why? Because you're doing what he said. And then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Then you'll know which way to go. Having wisdom is being led by him. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you so much.